This is where normal comes to die. Mediocrity meets its final demise, and the status quo is unabashedly dismantled. Welcome to Reinvention Radio. Now, here's your host, Steve Olsher. Alrighty. Welcome to another edition here of Reinvention Radio. Steve Olsher hanging out. With Richie Ote. What's up, Richie Ote? What's happening, Steve? Oh, you? you know, another day in the neighborhood. And in San Diego, I can't quite see what the other neighborhoods are at this point. Because what the hell's going on here? We moved to Seattle. Somehow, San Diego got moved to Seattle here. It's been raining. Like, I don't like this whole December, January thing. Clearly, I, I didn't get that right. And evidently, <laughs> May and June's going to be the same. I'm still getting all used to that. But I guess if... Uh, you just got to go inland a little in May. Is that what June. it is? Yeah, it's just a... Man, covering the coast. Well, at least we're not getting forty inches of snow like the uh, like the East Coast is supposed to get hammered here. So whatever we get, this little bit of trickle of rain here, which is needed to get us out of this drought. Uh, although technically, are we still in a drought if we got this much rain? We can't still be in a drought if we get this much rain, are we? We live in the desert. Yeah. What's up, Wade? How we you doing, live Wade? In the desert, and yeah. yeah, the water's supposed to behave itself and stay in the ocean next to the sand. That's where water's supposed to be, right? All right. There you go. Yeah, well, uh, we got the all-male review going on. Mary Goulet is uh, out doing her volunteer work in the world. And uh, Wade's sitting in getting uh, things under control there in the studio. And, uh, of course, Kelly Pelker's got it under control back home at headquarters here in rainy San Diego, hanging out on this Thursday. Don't forget, we do broadcast live every Thursday from 12 until 2 Pacific. And you can join us live. Just go to reinventionradio.com. We would love to have you join us live, especially when we've got uh, such incredible guests uh, as we do joining us here uh, each and every week. And, uh, of course, today will be no exception with Mike Saunders, who we'll bring on here in just uh, in just a second or two. But, uh, you know, Richie, it's uh, it's an appropriate day here, man. A little, little, little overcast, a little, little rainy, and uh, I know you got some things you're you're going through last week we had on the guy uh just in the whole dog training arena and reinventing dog training that was a really interesting episode mm-hmm. so definitely check that out uh but you sorry man just had to put one of your pups down huh that's yeah, uh, 13 years old sorry brother he uh good dog trooper dog that's hard that's hard sorry dude yeah. i'm sure that's family right there you know yeah it was it was um yeah surprisingly hard yeah oh dude i Man, I mean, I'm, I'm, I knew we wouldn't be happy by yeah. any means, but like, Jesus. Yeah. I found out bad news about my dad later, and I cried more for the dog. Right. Uh, well, hopefully we'll have a chance to uh, to catch up offline about all that fun stuff here and, uh, you know, just stay strong, brother. Yeah. Thanks. So, all right. I, uh, you know, I think that when people are like, if you're tuning in for the first time, you're like, what the hell? I thought I was tuning in to Reinvention Radio. Aren't you guys talking to Mike Saunders today about reinventing authority and all that fun stuff? Why are you talking about Richie's dog? Well, that's what we do here. So if you're joining us for the first time on Reinvention Radio, welcome. Glad to have you as a new listener. Uh, if you've been with us for the better part of, well, we've been doing this together, Mary, Richie, and I, for almost four years now. And uh, I've been doing this since 2009 on and off, uh, mostly on now for quite a while. And uh, and that's what we do. We cover a lot of ground, you know, and uh, we put together an event called the New Media Summit where you have an opportunity to come and really learn how to leverage the power of podcasting and get booked on 40 of today's top podcasts. And authenticity and vulnerability and just being who you are is, uh, you know, a really important aspect of uh, getting booked on shows. And 
I guess you can say uh, you can kind of say we keep it real here, right? I mean, that's just it's life, and that's why people tune in. People tune in yeah. to hear about what's going on, the good, the bad, and the ugly, and uh, you know. No one wants to hear the story about the billionaire's kid that made it to the top of the hill. Yeah, right, and got paid 200 k a year when they were four years old. Know anybody that would have gotten paid 200 k a year at four years old? I might know somebody, <laughs> but we won't, uh, we won't go down that path right now. But we will go down the path, speaking of vulnerability and authority and authenticity and the whole nine, uh, we will go down the path here of talking to Mike Saunders uh, as we're looking to, to really reinvent authority and uh and establishing yourself as that credible authority in your niche and so on but you know mike does it does it really begin with that uh with that vulnerability and that authenticity and just really being willing to share who you are and and the good the bad and the ugly it totally does yeah and i can only imagine that uh people can relate to this point that I was thinking about, which is you see so many people online or Facebook and they're the posers, they're the influencers that say, buy my stuff, follow me. And then all of a sudden they're in front of their Lamborghini, in front of their mansion. That's posing. Yeah. Right. That's not authentic. Well, if they own it though, I mean, like I, I, look, I totally get it, you know, and, and I know of someone, I'm not going to name names, but I know of someone who rented a vehicle for that sort of photo shoot and yep. whatnot. And, you know, reality is there's there. It's, well, you can rent that kind of authority or whatever you want to call it. But the truth is, I mean, there are people who are making really good money. There are people who have these big homes and have these big, you know, car collections and watch collections and so on. And that's part of their shtick. It's part of their appeal. I mean, it's uh, a lot of online marketing is aspirational. So how how do you draw the line, though? Because, you know, reality is it is posing to some extent if you don't. Well, I think to a large extent if you don't have it, although some people say fake it till you make it. But what about the people who actually have it? I mean, is that are they hurting their authority in that case if they actually have it? And they just say, hey, this is who I am and what I have. And if you want to be me, you know, buy my stuff. I would say no. And I know that, you know, every time you say, you know, here's the way it shouldn't be. There's people that, like you mentioned, they doing it right. And so you can't get away from that. But how do you tell that that gets to the authenticity and transparency? That's where that's where it is. But if you do have that, maybe talk about it in a humble way. Mm-hmm. You know, do, does it have to be your nine Lamborghinis every video or could it be, you know, boy, I just feel so privileged that I have been so blessed with success that I've got this. But, hey, I'm not here to talk about this right now. Let me talk about how I can help you. Mm-hmm. I hear you. And. Go ahead, Richard. I, well, I was just going to ask before we got started too deep on this. What is your definition of authority? Like, what exactly is that? Some people just, yep. you know, uh, your definition. Yeah, I would say it kind of relates to what's your definition of success because it is different for everybody. And also couple that thought with a lot of people feel like, well, I'm not an expert. I don't have authority, but in reality, it is being confident in what you do, confident in the solutions you provide to your target audience and clients, and being an educator and advocate for helping them first, bringing value to them first. And if that means that there is is a sale that happens, wonderful. But when you can approach uh, that interaction or any interaction from that spirit of being an um, educator and an advocate – that positions you as an authority because people can tell you know what you're talking about. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. Wade, I think you were kind of jumping out of your chair there, Matt. Were you going to share your Lamborghini collection with us and, and the photos, or what were you going to do there? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Matchbox is amazing. <laughs> uh, I just wanted to throw in something that I, you know, do in my host training and, you know, just kind of bring it into the conversation about exposing vulnerabilities, right? And what I point out is in conducting your show, if you run across something that you don't know and you actually move into that, Rather than the audience disrespecting you for not being perfect, I feel they actually love you more Mm -hmm. because they see you're a human. Now, somebody might say, oh, but I don't want to impinge on my authority. Yeah. Well, as Steve was saying, if the show is about everything, right, then you can move into areas outside of your area of authority, expose vulnerability there, without necessarily bringing down your authority. So however you decide to play it out, I just wanted to mention it seems to me that people actually bond with you more when they do see cracks in the armor. Mm. Um, Do you remember the old story about Henry Ford when he was actually put on trial and they were like pretty much saying, you know, what is this and what is that? And they're like really, you know, put him on the spotlight because he didn't know. And he said, listen, I know cars. But I've got my VP of whatever that can answer that question. And I've got another VP that can answer that question. And so he was being authentic, saying, I don't know everything about everything. But his authority was he was at the helm of that brand. Mm-hmm. So let's let's take two steps backwards here. So we're talking to Mike Saunders today. Uh, Mike, just give us a, a brief overview of who you are and what you're up to. And I know we kind of jumped into it, uh, you know, head first. But let's take, a, let's take a quick step back and give folks a, a better understanding of who you are and where we're talking about reinventing authority today. Yeah, sure. Uh, Mike Saunders, and uh, I spent about 12 years in the banking industry. And then when the big uh, recession, depression of 2007 and eight happened, um, all of a sudden, um, you know, I was reinventing myself, literally, because you have to pull out of that tailspin of what the market was doing. I went back and got my MBA in marketing and started teaching marketing at four different universities, started my uh, consulting firm back in 2009 and began uh, doing marketing consulting. But then there was another phase of of reinvention, uh, as it were, because if you cannot be all things to all people. And now all of a sudden, I was trying to do text message marketing, social media marketing, SEO, marketing, branding. And when I reevaluated my uh, business about three to four years ago, it focused on one thing. Clarity was was just of the utmost importance, which is building that expertise and authority and then optimizing and amplifying that. That then allows me to help an entrepreneur increase and amplify their authority to increase their sales, to get new clients, to close that uh, uh, that closing sales cycle so much easier where it's not a, a long, laborious process. You become that obvious expert. So um, what, what I'm able to do with my clients is put together cutting-edge programs that are marketing based based on expertise authority status prestige and couple that with the academic side to say hey look this is a in the in the marketing world i'm teaching this in the classroom right now and then the neat thing is in the classroom i'm able to say hey i'm doing this for clients right now and here's the example so i just really love that dialed in approach to be able to help someone and i don't care whether you're an hvac contractor a a chiropractor or a coach or a consultant Everyone has that authority, and you have to differentiate yourself from your competition because we all have competition. So what is that competitive advantage? And sometimes it's being able to say, hey, that person has, and then dot, 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 all of these kind of uh, humble brags, authority positioning assets is what I call them. So that's what I help my clients do. Mm-hmm. And so you know, I know you talk a lot about 
breaking out of obscurity and just being seen as that first choice in your niche. Let, let's just talk about that. And, and I really just want to understand how you look at this, having worked with so many people now over the years. Do, is is there... Can, do you can you go too narrow like i mean how important is is niche like if you want to establish yourself as an authority or as an expert do do you have to go niche or can you be a generalist i think if you ask 10 marketing uh experts you'd get 412 responses mm. as as you can only imagine um but i think you have to be known for something so as an example um if you were let's just use as a, in in the world of you know healthcare you can say i am a healthcare professional but do you specialize in, in and maybe you're a chiropractor as an example um there's a lot of areas that chiropractors can specialize in maybe car accidents they could be the expert in the car accidents but i'm still a chiropractor i help with pain um you could be a chiropractor that helps prenatal, you know, moms. And, and there's a whole uh, array of chiropractors that worked there, but that's very specialist and niche, but you can be an expert in that, but yet you still are a chiropractor. So um, does that mean that if you, you're positioning yourself as that specialist, as the, you know, prenatal chiropractor, um, now all of a sudden they might go, oh, hey, my cousin needs this. They were just in an accident. Can you help them? You're not going to turn business away. Mm-hmm. It's just that it keeps people very focused on what you do. And then, then, then the sales resistance and the walls come down and then natural conversations happen. And all of a sudden then you're like, Oh, of course, you know, I've got, uh, we've got a, a lot of experience in car accident and we're, what we're able to do is, but it really helps out. Now that doesn't mean you only talk about that prenatal as an example, because you can have a business development campaign or a media piece or a podcast episode or write a book on that prenatal. And then you can do the next quarter of the year. You can focus it on the car accident victims. You don't have to only talk about that, but in the moment of that message in that campaign, you gotta be totally, totally dialed in, or else it's like we do this and we do this and we do this, and they're like, uh, too much noise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so to that end, what what I'm trying to figure out here is like, what what are the steps then to establish yourself as as that authority, right? I mean, I know you've got a couple books and and you've been you teach and the whole nine. So, like, have you figured out? for lack of a better term, some sort of blueprint, some sort of step-by-step, like what it takes to really get yourself into position as that authority in your niche? Yeah, I, I kind of have a three-step process, which is I call it the authority positioning platform, the authority positioning portfolio, and the authority positioning process. And basically the platform is your messaging. Dial in your messaging really, really clear because you can't be all things to all people like we just mentioned. So let's, let's use a concrete then, example. Hold on. I want to use a concrete okay. example. So like you talked about a chiropractor as an example. Yep. Where like it, so let's so for instance I've got um I've got a, a, a she's sort of an in law cousinish I don't know what we want to call her but um somebody that I know really really well and she's a she's a therapist and you know therapists are a dime a dozen she's really good at what she does but if she were to introduce herself she'd say you know I'm 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 a therapist this is this you know I work with families I work with individuals this that and the other like how can you use your blueprint, if you will, your structure, your three steps, et cetera, in the example of someone who right now is just kind of a general therapist, like, like take us through what this would look like in a okay. practical example. 
Sure. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good point. So maybe um, using the therapist that's a generalist that they feel like they're a generalist, I would I would challenge them <clears throat> to say they probably have a little bit of niche expertise and they don't realize it. So go back to the last 10, 15, 20, 30 clients you have and really study them and just look at their, you know, LinkedIn, their websites or whatever and go what similarities are there? Do I tend to just, you know, by naturally attract, you know, I tend to work with a lot of women that are entrepreneurs or engineers or accountants or whatever that it looks like. What if there's just a, a small blip in that radar of, you know, I tend to work with people who, and then maybe you then shoot them a quick email, Facebook message, phone call. Ooh, darn, I got to talk to someone human on the phone live, right? Or just shoot them an email and go, hey, you know what? I just really appreciate you as a client wondering. When you came on board as a client and even now, what was what was the thing that you were struggling with and, and what's the big thing that you see that I'm able to help you with? And sometimes it is going to be a revelation where they're like, you know, you, that the therapist might think, oh, I help people X. Well, all of a sudden, the response could back could come back as Y. So now when you introduce yourself, so we'll wrap all this up in a, in a bow and say the platform, the messaging could then be when she stands up as a, you know, BNI introduction or, or a chamber and you say, hey, you know what, I'm, I'm a therapist. I, speci- I, I mean, I... Uh, uh, help a lot of people with a lot of things such as blah. But you know what I found recently? I tend to have a lot of clients where I have some major impact and revolutionize their life by doing this, and they tend to look like that. And so now you've not isolated the gen- generalist. You're, you're really zoning in on that so that the person hearing it might go, oh, I've got someone I'm thinking of right now. But yet you left the door cracked and open a little bit to go, oh, I have people with this problem and that problem. So you really are, are, are working on two areas. So that really helps dial in your messaging, but you've got to keep it super clear. You touch on the broad, but then you, you dive into the narrow. And what if it was female engineers, as an example? And we just really open up their eyes and change their life by doing this, you know, program, my, my three steps to success, you know, life coaching program, whatever that, that it is. Now, all of a sudden you could get invited into luncheons and, you know, quarterly events and, and all these niche, you know, female engineer type groups. And now you're, you're fishing in such a smaller pond because you've dialed your message in really well. Doesn't Mm -hmm. mean that their cousin, brother, neighbor who needs some help, you're still going to help them out, but you really are establishing yourself with a type of client. But your expertise might be a certain program that you've just really honed in over the years. And and that now ties in, how do I communicate my expertise to that target audience? And that's where the next step comes in, which is the portfolio. Mm-hmm. So just so I'm clear. So again, in this, in this step-by-step process, and thanks for trying to bring this to light. So it sounds like you can, if you don't really want to pigeonhole yourself, you can, you can touch upon the generalist sort of aspects of what you do and then bring it back to these are the people of late that I've been really helping and et cetera. So you can go yeah. a little more uh, yeah. narrow on yeah, that. I tend, to, I tend to have a lot of success with people like this, mm. you know, and that's not going, I only work and I never will. It's, it's, you know, touching on the broad, but then going, you know, lately I've been really having a lot of success with helping people transform boom. And, and they tend to be female, you know, um, engineers or whatever that might be. And that helps people dial into their own brain to go, I've got a, I've got a friend that's a engineer and she, she always is talking about. So I think that that really does help out. But I think the struggle for entrepreneurs is I don't want to be the person that only works with X. So I'm not going to transform my website to only say, if you're a female engineer, we can help you. Cause what if a male jumps on my website, he's turned off. So you don't want to do that, but you can have specific business development campaigns mm-hmm. that speak to that. Mm-hmm. 
And so take us through then on a broad level the, the, the steps that you're talking about, and then maybe we can dive into uh, a couple of pieces of those. Okay. Well, the next step is what I call an authority positioning portfolio. And it's kind of like um, a graphic designer that says, I can build websites, look at my you know, work. Or, hey, I'm a fashion designer. Here's my portfolio. And they open up this book and show you all this work. As a professional, as coach, consultant, entrepreneur, um, you need to be able to say, hey, I help people. Boom. Let me show you. Let me show you a little bit about what uh, what I do. What would you show them? Well, a lot of work with consultants and entrepreneurs is IP, you know, intellectual, and you can't. It's really hard. It's intangible. So, how can you create that portfolio that you can almost literally open up and show someone? And I think that a lot of people think, you know, I'm just going to put myself out there and say, "Look at me, I did this. Look at me, I did this," and that's very me based. But what I like to try to teach clients is there is a specific buyer's journey that you. Your buyer, your new client went through to make a choice to work with you. And it might be a question like, how do I and what if this, all of those things, right? So kind of think about the top 10 frequently asked questions you get are what? Write down 10 questions. How about the top 10 should ask questions? You know, like, hey, if you knew to ask this question, you'd really have your eyes open into how we help people. So you, you, you craft 5, 10, 15 frequently and should ask questions. And then you ask some of your clients, hey, what were some of the concerns you had? And then you kind of fine tune it. And let's say that you've got 15 really top notch questions slash concerns that someone would have before they make a buying decision for you. Now we tie in the authority positioning assets to answer those questions. I feel like the standard FAQ on a website is old school. And as you know, Steve, you, you propose, uh, you're, you're a big proponent of podcasts. So let's use that as an example. Mm-hmm. Could someone get on a podcast or start their own podcast, whichever doesn't matter, and focus on that number one, that frequently asked question, number one. And of course, you know, episode one, if it's your own podcast, you're chit-chatting and doing whatever. But if you could get on a podcast and use it as more than just a get to know you, maybe they go, hey, um, a podcast host, I would love to talk about a struggle that my uh, clients tend to have, which is this. And then that whole 20-minute episode or however long that it is, is focused on that one question only. One question, that's it. Now that piece of an asset, because it's a podcast Uh, interview, when they get the link back and it's out there wherever you're using that in your own business development, that becomes a living, vibrant, breathing, frequently asked question. You can put it on your website as an FAQ and just go, hey, a lot of people have a question about this. I was recently interviewed about it. Listen to here. And it can become then your social media post. It can become part of your email series. It can even become when someone is asking you questions by email and, and you could, you know, respond back to them. Hey, let's jump on the phone next week. What day works for you? Okay, good. Thursday at noon. Great. Booked. We'll talk to you then. Oh, by the way, here's a couple recent episodes of a podcast I was recently interviewed on. I I cover a few uh, frequently asked questions. Take a listen to a couple of these. And then when we talk, we have a little bit of clarity that way. And now all of a sudden they're listening to that. Now, did they listen to every syllable of every word? Maybe not. Maybe not. It doesn't matter. But the fact that they're listening to an interview that you're on, that elevates you in their mind. And it, it also answers some objections or questions before you get on the phone to talk. And so mm-hmm. that's just one example of taking those 
questions from the buyer's journey, which is very easy to figure out. And how then can you deliver that content by teaching, becoming that educator and advocate um, with those authority positioning assets? Maybe it's the interview. Maybe it's being mentioned in the media. Maybe it's a YouTube video. Maybe mm-hmm. it's you know get get uh, you know, featured in a book. It, it, it those assets. There's a lot of choices that way, yeah. but you've got to figure out how to use them so that you're pulling people through that buyer's journey to make a decision for you. Have you heard anybody or seen anybody? use testimonials in a clever way for a portfolio because it's it's almost a combination of yeah. here's the people I've worked with and social yep. proof. Yeah, and I would say it's the exact same thing as what I just said. So insert the 10 frequently asked questions, which are fears and concerns that people have before hiring you. So if you wrote a blog post about one of them, great. Podcast episode about one of them, great. What if you strategically requested a a review, video written, it doesn't matter, and said to that client, hey, you know how you mentioned you were having this struggle and concern and we were able to push through that and now it's just, you know, gone? Could you just give me some feedback on that so I can use it on my website as review and kind of talk about what you were feeling like before, during, and after – but you're all zoned in on that. Not Steve Ulster's a rock star. I love him. It's Steve helped me do this, break through that. And now you're using that as social proof. It's an authority positioning asset, but it's specifically for pulling people through that buyer's journey. Hmm. Yeah, no, it's really, really powerful stuff. Anything else on uh, on that process before we before we move on? Um, I would just say that it sounds easy to say, oh, you just do this, but you've got to do it and then you've got to use it. Mm-hmm. And and I would venture to say that some people go, oh, that's awesome. And I'm going to get on a couple interviews and I'm going to get you know this or that done. And then it's like digital dust. You know, they, mm-hmm. they didn't really implement it. But if you can do some simple things like put it in, in your e- every single email, why not make that as your email signature? P.S. Listen to the latest interview I was on. Boom. Here's the link. And then you don't even need to be pushing it. But I would just say it's like the old saying, knowledge is power. It's really a fallacy because knowledge is potential power. So having these authority positioning assets and you've worked hard to create them and you've strategically hit certain points, don't just leave it at that. You've got it on the goal line, punch it over and actually use it and get it out in your social media, use it in your business development, use it in your FAQs, use it as a, what I call a pre-frame. Um, you know, I, I, I'm sure, you know, I wrote a book called authority selling and, and I talk about this a whole lot where you can pre-frame your expertise in, in front of a meeting phone or in person. And like I mentioned before, it's like, Oh, Hey, Steve, next week, we're going to be chatting on the phone about our, you know, uh, whatever program. Hey, before we connect, just thought you'd want to take a look at this, listen to that. You know, that'll answer a whole lot of questions and we can get right down to answering them when we talk. Hey, have a great day. And they can see, Oh, he was mentioned in the media here. Oh, he wrote a Forbes article there. Oh, he was interviewed on. Oh, that's pretty cool. If, if they read a paragraph of each and listened to three minutes of the interview, doesn't matter. It, it literally doesn't matter. But the fact that you are there separates you from the competition. So I would say my 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 um, advice there is just get it in in action and use it and do it. Mm-hmm. So for somebody who is just kind of starting out, let's say, and they and they don't uh, hold on. Let me back up for a second. Better question. So when you have your authority, like let's what's what are the benefits of having that positioning of having authority like like what what happens when like let's just say yeah. and authority of course like you said i mean there's a million different ev- definitions of success i mean one of my favorite definitions of success is having the courage determination and the will to become the person you were meant to be i mean it's a yeah. george sheehan quote i like i personally resonate with with that quote mm, for success and and like you said i mean if we asked uh, you know 
10 different marketers, we'd have 421 different answers, right, in terms of the, the whole question around authority and so on and so forth. But, but I just want to understand, like, what are some of the benefits that take place when you're seen as that authority in your niche? Like, what, what, what happens tangibly? Yeah, why bother, right? Why bother, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, well, number one, it's the best advertising you can ever do because who's going to click on the banner that says buy now deadline, you know, go, go, go when you're you're yapping about the same thing everybody else is. So when you could confidently talk about your products and services from that position of authority, that sets you apart there because of your clarity. But I'll tell you this. Um, I did a, um, a workshop, a video workshop I put on my website, and, and it's all focused around what you just mentioned, which is I based it on some old research. I love reading old books, you know, the old 1930s, you know, uh, Frank Betcher and, and all of the old ones, right? Well, he, have you ever heard of um, Stanley Milgram? Doesn't ring a bell, no. Okay. Um, he was a social psychologist, and he discovered and, and taught that the marketplace will blindly believe the words of an expert. He says your ideal clients – This is from the 1930s? This is 30s, 40s, 50s. You know, they will blindly believe the huh. words of an expert. And and the interesting thing is that you can Google um, Stanley Milgram and, and expert or whatever and find like an old black and white um, a, a video, right? And it's uh, it's got a person in a white lab coat. And, and the synopsis is this. They did this social experiment and uh, Milgram, who was the, the social psychologist, he brings people in these test subjects into this room. And, you know, the police windows where it's like you can see through, but they can't see you. So here comes someone sitting in the room with at a table and they say, we're going to ask you a series of questions. You're going to answer it. And they're like, OK, you know, fine. And the Stanley Milgram with his clipboard and his white coat is in the other room with another test subject. And they're testing the power of authority. And the, the, the story goes that they say, okay, what we're going to do is, um, Steve, we're going to have you ask, push the button and, and turn on the intercom and ask the person right there. You can see them. Um, we're going to ask them a question, and they're going to answer it. And when they get the answer right, that's good. We're going to go to the next one. When they get the answer wrong, we've got it programmed to give them a mild electric shock. And then as <laughs> it gets a little bit more and more and more and, – and, hey, this is not me making it up. Google it, and you can see it um, – at the the more and more wrong answers, it the shock gets more. Kind of like you know, remember in uh, Princess Bride, you know, it's just like we're gonna crank it all the way up. Mm. Well, you know, they answer a question, a little shock. Oh, ouch! And then it starts getting to the point where they start you know wailing and screaming, and and um, obviously the person on the other side, it's all it's all a joke. There's no one there's no one getting shocked, but this person feels like they're the ones implementing the shock because they're answering the question. And here comes uh, uh, the the um, you know clinician with the white lab coat and the clipboard, and he's like. Um, ask another question. They're like, I don't know. I don't want to do it. It's, look at him. He's getting hurt. And he, they're like, you must continue. And it was this whole just like, boom, you must continue. We This has to be done. And they kept going and going and going and going. And I, and I forget the exact uh, statistics, but it was something like this. They thought that about 3% of the test subjects would continue shocking the, the victim. But it ended up being somewhere well over 50 to uh, to close to 60%. They were like, all right, you're telling me what to do. You're in a position of authority. You got the lab coat and the, the clipboard. Go zap, 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 zap. 
And, and that kind of ties into the marketplace will blindly believe the words of an expert. If someone sees us, you know, you as an expert now, you know, use the power for good, you know, that whole thing. But, you know, when you do teach and advocate for their success and give them some good pros and cons of something, they're going to see you a little bit differently than Tom, the huckster salesperson. Mm -hmm. So when you're positioned that as that expert, it really does elevate yourself so that you become a much better chance of being the obvious choice. Interesting. Go ahead, Richard. I yeah. was just laughing because this kind of led back to um, the renting of the Lamborghinis of what, at whatever, right? This guy was, it was obviously a joke to your point. Like it wasn't even necessarily authority. He just, yep. he just looked like an authority. So where would that backfire on you, right? Because this is an example we're using, but people could be hearing this and interpret it and like, oh yeah, just get the suit and say you're going to build a wall and whatever yeah, the thing, but you know, I, I think where it backfires is is the application of the expertise and authority because I'm not saying get the suit and the big house and the car and now you look like the expert and authority because um, haven't you ever talked to someone that just you just go they just know their stuff and and, and I'll give you I'll give you a, a personal example um, one of my daughters um, sees a, a medical specialist and she's being considered for an internship and he's really he's like okay you're gonna be on my team and it's a really high-end internship and um, my wife made the comment just a few days ago he's like you know what it's really uh, awesome that she's being considered but boy he doesn't know her any more than just you know a handful of visits here and there and some conversation and i said here's what he sees he sees someone who's sharp articulate looks someone in the eye and actually puts two words together and knows what they're talking about she didn't get into deep you know uh, biomedical engineering topics she just knew what she was talking about so i think that if we couple that thought with someone that is an expert but doing it the right way no cars, houses, whatever, but you're speaking and you're caring about someone and you're making great points. You're not trying to use big old words, you know, because what Einstein say, if you can't explain something to someone, you know, and make a six-year-old understand it, you don't understand it enough. So I think that that's where the line is. That's where it backfires. If you start using big words or whatever, and people are like, oh, I don't know what that is. Explain it. And you're like, I don't know. It's just a big word I, I saw. Or, you know, <laughs> hey, I'm in town and I want to see your Lamborghini. And you're like, uh, that, uh, yeah, I'm sick. So mm -hmm. I think that's where it backfires. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah, for sure. So um, somebody's just starting out, right? I mean, they're just just starting out. They have no real credibility. They have no real authority established. What 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 do they need to to do to start heading down this path? Um, I'll circle it back around to what I mentioned at, at the uh, toward the beginning, which is know your platform, know your message, do a little bit of research with your clients, your prospects to know what is the burning problem that you have that, wow, um, my problem solves or could solve. And if you have clients, if you're you know just starting out, you have a handful of clients, ask them. If you don't have a handful of clients, do some pro bono work and go, hey, you've got this problem. Boy, I really feel I can fix it. Let's be honest here. It's transparent. Um, I don't have 28,000 clients, but I would love to do this for you totally. Totally free, no strings, no nothing. If you can just give me a feedback, case study, whatever. And they're like, sure, knock yourself out. So that's where you start is you get those kind of case studies or stories of, hey, if you're a you know entrepreneur who needs this and struggles with that, I've got this three-step solution. It's the easiest thing in the world. I do it all for you. It's hands-free. So you got to get something in place where you can talk about. But the next thing where you start, I would say, you know, hey, come to your new media summit, get on 40 different podcast episodes, but have a plan. 
Don't just get on 40, 30, 20, whatever the number is and talk about you and your background and how nice the weather is and, and how you wish, you know, uh, the political climate would change. Have that plan and, and, you know, do the little brief intro, but then go, hey, you know what? Um, you, you mentioned uh, that you, you help uh, clients with this. Tell us a little bit more that, about that. And you, your plan is you have the host kind of guide only on that one topic. And then now when you're done with that, you're using these 10 or 12 or 15 or whatever podcast interviews as your authority positioning assets to pull people through your buyer's journey. And it's now website, social media, the whole shot. And it's really good too, because the podcast host feels like, wow, you know, my listeners would benefit from this and we weren't all over the place. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and and I have to ask, because I I saw this, uh, you know, just doing some research, I I don't understand this whole ZMOT thing, as you talk about, (laughs) as as it relates to, I think we call heuristic authority positioning what what is that all about and and how does this relate to our conversation <laughs> yeah, heuristics is one of those big words where it's like, if you don't know what that means, yikes, you know, now you're posing. But heuristics, and you can Google that, and I, I did a separate workshop on that, but it really just means um, kind of that subconscious feel that people just go, you know what, I can't really place it, but they just really know what they're talking about. And it makes it easy for someone to uh, uh, listen to what you have to say and make a decision for you. Um, so that's that's where that comes in from, is having those consistent teaching pieces out there. Let me tell you where ZMOT, it really just takes um, – marketing to the next level when you couple it with the authority positioning like we've been talking about. Zmod is a really, really awesome book written by an ex-Google employee. You can Google the, the phrase Zmot, Z-M-O-T. It stands for Zero Moment of Truth. You can download the PDF. It's totally free. It's a quick read. Got some great stats, research, images, and things like that. But here's the gist of it. Back in the day, you'd walk into a car dealership, let's say, and you would talk to the salesperson. They'd hand you these glossy brochures and say, call me. We can help you out. Okay, bye. Well, um, the, the moment of truth is when you bought that car and you're like, let's see if it lives up to what the brochure said. Hey, it smells good, rides good, feels good, great, it's reliable. That's the moment of truth. Today, the zero moment of truth, and, and just as a, a – let me put a pin in that and, and, and ask you real quick. Do you, uh, do you guys have any relative that, who is a school teacher? Uh, my wife used to teach second grade in the Chicago okay. public school systems, but not do, for a while. Do you know the phrase zero hour? No. Well, like if school starts at 8 o'clock, zero hour is 7 o'clock, and it means teachers got to be there. You know, something's going on. It might be homeroom. It might be, but zero hour is the hour before school actually gets rolling. So it's the same concept. So the moment of truth is I purchased this thing. Does it work? Check. Yes. No. That's the moment of truth. The zero moment of truth, the ZMOT is I'm going out there and doing a bunch of research. I'm trying to see, should I even give this person my attention, my email? Should I buy this thing? The zero moment of truth is what happens before any engagement happens. So think about it like this this. Haven't we all not gone to a restaurant because we saw reviews? We were talking about reviews a minute ago. I know I have. It's, I've, you know, if there's 20 reviews and even three are negative, I'm like, I don't know that I'm even going. So what the consumer is doing today is um, you are going in and you are going in educated. So think of the last time you bought a car. Did you go in and rely on the dealership to tell you all the different bells and whistles? Nope. You walked in with knowledge and you walked in with the price, a model, features, and said, here's pretty much what I want right here on this piece of paper. Can you do it? I'll write the check. If not, um, yeah, I'm going to go to the dealership down the road because they've got it because I'm walking in educated, right? I mean, do we all do that as a as a car buyer today? Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. So zero moment of truth 
is what you can find out there before something happens. And guess where you find it? On this brand new, really powerful platform called Google, right? So now you think about SEO and search engine optimization and all that's great and good and fine. But if you can use authority positioning and Zmod in conjunction, you don't need to worry as much about specific small keywords that can come later. That's another realm someone can talk about. Um, but the, the Zmod could be when someone Googles your brand name, your business, your, yourself, what do they see? Maybe reviews, maybe some of these authority positioning assets, and that ties into Zmot because the zero moment of truth, your phone not, might not be ringing because they don't see anything about you. They mm -hmm. Google your name, they heard about you, and they're like, uh, I don't see anything but you know some Groupon thing they did. Yeah. But if they Google your name, your business, your brand, and you're like, huh, here's a couple podcast interviews. Oh, they were mentioned in the media. Doggone if you didn't write a book, and here's a – and I'm gonna I'm gonna listen to what that guy has to say. So that sets the stage, that preframes, and then that ties into that heuristics because it makes someone willing to at least give you that frightened chance. Yeah. Oh, really good stuff, Mike. So I know you got uh, a lot of training on your site. I know you got uh, your book, Authority Selling, and so on. But you know, where where do you recommend people start if they want more information uh, about you and your abilities to to help them establish uh, authority and, and so on and uh, it just I know there's a lot of different options, but where where do you suggest somebody starts if they want to get more information on you? You know, the the basic first place would be my website, authority positioning coach dot com mm -hmm. um authority positioning coach.com and then uh you mentioned my book i do have a free plus shipping so just pay for the shipping seven bucks and i'll send you the copy of the book and everything we've talked about today with hey how do you do a lot of these things diy on your own here's how you can get this done that done here's some ideas here's some you know actionable tips um it's all laid out in the book kind of in that three-step blueprint process called authority selling and you can go to authority selling book Dot com and put in your name, email, and get a copy of that book. Just pay the shipping of seven, seven bucks, seven forty, seven fifty, whatever. Yeah. But that really lays all this out, and it really uh, brings it nice and clear for it for you. Yeah, Mike, really appreciate you joining us here on Reinvention Radio and sharing your expertise uh, around authority and, and positioning and so on. And I uh, just wish you the best of luck moving forward. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right, my friend. Interesting stuff, Richie. You know, I mean, we can all benefit from positioning ourselves, uh, of course, as the authority in, in our respective niche. And uh, what he didn't say, and I, I think was sort of implied there, is that, look, reality is if you are seen as that expert, as that authority in your niche, I mean, the, the compensation that goes hand in hand with that, I mean, it has to be commensurate, I would think, no? Oh, yeah. He didn't say it out loud, but I read between the lines. That's what he's saying, too. Yeah. I mean, you got to be talking just being one of the group, if you will, that does what they do versus being the one that people turn to for what your expertise is. And so, I mean, it's got to be a two, three, four, five, ten 10x multiple of what a, a normal rate would be. So good stuff there. Go check out Mike Saunders. Learn how to position yourself as the authority in your niche, authoritypositioningcoach.com. For Richie Ote and White Wade, I'm Steve Olsher. Talk to you next time here on Reinvention Radio. Take care. You just got dismantled. Thanks for listening to Reinvention Radio. For more information about the show and your host, Steve Olsher, visit reinventionradio.com. You were born to do one amazing thing, but most people spend a lifetime trying to identify what it is. 
If you're in a job you don't like or are unemployed, if you're in a state of transition or just can't shake that nagging feeling that you were meant and made to do something extraordinary, then the Reinvention Workshop is exactly what you need. Led by award-winning self-help author Steve Olsher, the Reinvention Workshop will forever change your life. The Reinvention Workshop takes you step-by-step through Steve's proven formula that has helped so many people get on the right path and clear about what they were born to do. Take the first step to realizing the life you deserve and desire by visiting thereinventionworkshop.com today. No more delays. No more denial. Reconnect with your true self. Learn to live with purpose and conviction and become who you were born to be. The world is waiting for you. What are you waiting for? Log on to thereinventionworkshop.com today. That's thereinventionworkshop.com.